Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18+. plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. Hi, I'm Maria. And I'm Mike. And we're Team Team Ready. Black Hills Energy knows your home is where your heart is. So they want you to be ready. It's all about keeping you safe, prepared, and making your home as energy efficient as possible. Everything from how to weatherize your home to how to stay safe during extreme weather. Be ready for anything. Go to blackhillsenergy.com slash team ready. And welcome in, everybody, to another episode of the High Low Sports Podcast. Thank you for joining us tonight. We are and towards the end of the month of July, closing on August, which means we got NFL mini camps coming up. We got the long, we have the final stretch in baseball. We got some very high quality fights coming up, and we got basketball season right around the corner. A whole lot to look forward to. It is DJ joined as always by my co-host Kelsey and Kelsey. We just kind of laid out. We got a lot to talk about too, but we got we got a little bit of something fun planned for today, leading into all that. Yeah, you know, I'm wearing a Power Ranger jersey. That's the most fun thing I got going on today, right? Like, I'm sitting That's here wearing, most you know, OG, had going in the last few months, honestly. OG Green Ranger, if anybody out there cares, uh, you know, shout out <laughs> AnimeApe.com, uh, hooking me up with that. Um, mm. I, you might surprise some more, some more jerseys. But no, we actually have something a little more exciting than some Power Rangers memorabilia, as excited and nerdy <laughs> as I can get about that. Uh, we have a special guest coming on the show today, Jared from the Corner Booth Pod. Obviously, if you guys have seen us on his show all the time, we were finally able to corral him onto our episode, so we're going to go and welcome him now. Jared, how is it going, my guy? How you doing? I am good. Um, because of the hat, I'm not going to rub in Kelsey's face. I'm just happy baseball fan, man. My team's won four, <laughs> five out of its last six since the break after we were insulted by our all-star selections. Um, you know, training camp selections? starting today. Apparently, according to everyone, like Jalen Hurts looked good. The defense looked pretty decent, too. Um. I'm just happy it's almost football season, guys. We're 44 days away. Or 43? 43. 43 days away. And that's that's not counting the fact mini camps for, for preseason. Training camps. Yeah, just, just started rolling around. So you got training camp entries coming up. Uh, the Browns, what they just reported back for the – or they report back on the first um, as just one of the ones that you people are watching because uh, obvious reasons. But, look, there's – I mean, God, it's, it's already here. Like we, I feel like we just watched the Super Bowl and it's already time. Yes. No, this offseason for me. I'm down for this one now as well too. I've been listening, <laughs> marking them off the calendar. Like almost there. Come on, I almost wanted to get frozen to see if I can get to this point as well to just put me in the freezer until it turns until it turns August. Yeah, you've just been sending jersey numbers as a countdown every day. Hmm. <laughs> I, I mean, for me, it's been more like I've been having to like after the draft. It's weird. Like the NFL offseason is insane. From about you get about a two week break after the Super Bowl, but then. Straight off the rip, it's the it's the free agency, then the draft, and then it's this dead zone period from about the end of May until about now, and you're just like scrapping and clawing for any topic to talk about. And yeah, we can talk baseball for hours, but it's like at the same time, you're just kind of like, really, this is boring, <laughs> man. <laughs> hey, now, well, well, speak for yourself. I can only imagine being a Diamondbacks fan, how boring that could be. But you know, 
I mean, no, if I talk too much about it, though, my co-hosts or like friends of the show, like, dude, shut up. Nobody cares besides you. Hmm. That's fair. That's fair. Well, you know what? That's a great lead in, guys. That's going to take us right into our opening segment, our opening segment known as the tip off. The tip off brought to you by our good friends over at Dr. Squatch. Smell like a man, feel like a champion, grab all those wonderful scents for you or that special someone in your life as well, too. No need to be walking around with swamp. You know what? In today's day and age. So, you know what, Kelsey kind of alluded to it is the start of training camp season across the NFL as well, too. Quite a few storylines. And I'm going to leap right into the, the last one you mentioned as well, too. The big one where all eyes are kind of focused on the Northeast Ohio and what is going to happen with their new franchise quarterback, number four, Deshaun Watson? There are rumors. The ruling on if he'll get suspended or not will be coming down maybe in the next 10 days or so. But they've been saying that for the last two weeks, it feels like, ever since they had that those meetings as well, too. So I'll go and toss to our guest first. What are your thoughts when you look at that as far as the Browns? And how are they going to handle the situation? How do you handle mini camps, training camps, not knowing what's going to happen with your star quarterback? I think the Browns kind of handicap themselves. I think they're really they kind of kneecapped themselves from the start with this. They basically stared down the barrel of the whole allegation, even when this thing looked worse. Now I remember it was mid March, right before my birthday. Actually, it was I think it was the 11th or 12th. They had the indictment. I'm driving up to Massachusetts to see Kevin from Tailgate in the Quad and my cousin, who they all live in the same neighborhood, go up to see them. And I got the update that there were uh, that a jury that, according to some sources, would indict a ham sandwich if they could. Did not indict Deshaun Watson. I think ever since then it's been a tr- like it's been a tailspin of just like everyone going straight after him, trying to get him on the roster. But I think the the Browns when they threw him this guaranteed contract and then they threw Baker, the man who got them to the playoffs. I mean, Kelsey talked about this on my show at length with me and my co-host Matt. The disrespect they gave Baker is inhuman. One, two. It's almost karma what's going to happen to the Browns because now the Browns are staring on the barrel of Jacoby Brissett and the legend himself, Josh, hot tub in the dorm room Rosen as their quarterbacks. And they're staring down anything from a 6-12 to game suspension right now. And I'm loving this. I'm I'm loving the karma because I'm a Baker guy. I lost a little touch to him after all those progressive commercials were driving me nuts. But now I'm starting to like him again because I feel for the guy. Like he, He did everything he could for Cleveland. And then they just kick him to the curb, like use trash. And now this, you know, this, uh, you know, creepy ass quarterback they bring in is now going to be, you know, suspended. And the Browns will probably be out of the playoff picture by the time he plays. So, or at least no trust in Jacoby. I hear for the last. I'll say like, I I know there's levels to this, but I love me some Jacoby Brissett as well, too. I'm not saying he's elite, but I'm thinking he can man the field, man, the man, the Ford and beat the jets and the Panthers and some of those early. Yeah. The pan, the thing was the Panthers though. If Baker starts for the Panthers, man, I'm just – you know that it's going to be – it's week one also. You know, guys, throw everything you know week one. That's the, always been the rule for betting. I, listen, I lost my survivor pool week one when I took the, the Bells over the Steelers. Mm-hmm. And then the Steelers, everyone thought it was going to be good again, and then, then they were terrible. But mm-hmm. they just had to screw me out of my survivor pool. Um, I could have told you, know, you that was a bad pick last year. Six hundred six hundred thousand dollars in the line for the winner, but whatever. <laughs> But I was like, we had a survivor pool coming up or something, but we'll talk. We'll talk about that next week. Nice. All right. You know, you know, Kelsey, the ever the tease that you are. So, you know, Kelsey, I want to hear what you have to say about the Browns and Deshaun situation, too, because we've we've had a lot of back and forth on this as well, too. We've been talking about this since March. It feels like every other week. What's going to happen? Will he stay? Where do you go? What is going on? As we kind of we're in training camp now, we're just getting into it. You expect a ruling anytime soon. And if so, what are your thoughts on what the Browns do and if and what the ruling will be? 
you know, it's it, it again. This goes back to what I said when, when we had this discussion the first time about like what we think he's his suspension to be, right? How like I have the part of me that wish I wishes I didn't understand the the, the game of the NFL and and how it's actually run like a business, and wants to be like, hey, Deshaun doesn't deserve to step foot on the field. And then I know in the reality, it's an eight game maximum suspension. Like whenever it comes, it's eight games max, and that's the unfortunate part of this whole thing. Is so it. He's going to miss eight games. And, Jared, you know, you're talking like he might not be in the playoff. They might be in the playoff hunt uh, in eight games. I think – I don't know. I think, the, I think the Browns as a team are set up because because of their backfield, Kareem Hunt, Nick Chubb. That, those guys, those two can get you through pretty much anything for six of those eight weeks. Uh, whether they win six of those eight weeks is a different story, but at least four of those six, I believe they can pull it off. That defense is still ungodly. I, I mean, like – I don't want to deal. I don't want to deal with that defense on a daily basis in the Browns. It's still, as long as they stay healthy, they they, they can compete with the best team in the NFL easily. They can easily run them off the table if they really wanted to. Um, just they're overpowering everywhere. I think Miles Garrett for some reason Miles Garrett somehow got like docked in the off season for for somehow he's no longer one of the best edge rushers anymore. Like I don't know what happened in the off season. But I, I, the <laughs> amount of people I've heard saying he's no longer the best edge rusher, I'm just like, wait, dude, wait. Okay, TJ Whoa. Watt got a couple of gimme sacks in that season. He he's elite, but let's also forget Miles Garrett is like the biggest freak athlete I've seen at the edge rusher position since like Javon Curse. Yeah. But he stays healthy on like Curse. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like the biggest problem with 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 Miles Garrett at this point in time is like the end of last season, he was being double teamed with a hurt leg like an entire leg that was gimp hmm. and he was still just like out there balling getting sacks and it's just like somehow he became a worse player in the offseason. i don't know i don't know how that happened but for some reason people think that and and i look this browns team with or without deshaun watson i think is a very intriguing team we can't deny what deshaun watson can do on the field though if he's oh, healthy no. and he comes back and this team is in 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 sniffing distance of a wild card I have a hard time thinking that they couldn't pull it out. Like, and obviously I'm reaching a lot here, but it because you have too many new pieces offensively. You have Amari Cooper stepping in now, where Jarvis once was. Uh, your most experienced receiver at this point in time is what Anthony Schwartz or, or Donovan Peoples Jones, who can't even stay healthy to save his life. Um, he honestly just can't, definitely can't look up for a ball at the last in, on the last play of a drive to win a game. That's for sure. Uh, looking at LA, but. You know, it's like a David and Joku. Uh, like you, you, your tight ends are going to be what save you. Your running backs going to be what save you. Um, plain and simple. If you're the 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 Browns, and I think I think honestly, Jacoby Brissett might be a better fit for this offense than a lot mm-hmm. of people are giving him credit for, just because he loves to throw to tight ends. He loves checkdowns, and occasionally he likes to unload it with that cannon he has a, hidden in his arm. So. And he has underrated mobility as well, too. And he doesn't throw picks. He's almost too conservative to a fault sometimes, even as a starter. But when you're the Browns and the way you're constantly moving ahead of the chains, that's kind of what you need is not those reckless, screw it, he out there somewhere, I'm going to try it. Especially when you're in the early part of your season, it's a little bit easier. But as you mentioned, the worst part for them, too, is you mentioned there's so many good teams in the AFC. If they fall a little behind, yeah. unfortunately, you look at the rest of that division, the rest of that division minus the Steelers, like there's Super Bowl teams. There's two Super Bowl teams in your division. There's four in the AFC West. Like the AFC is absolutely jacked. So if they fall a little behind, they might not be able to get out of it. Even if, even if Deshaun comes back and plays like prime Deshaun, like he's back at Clemson or something. Yeah, I do have one theory. One little, I just thought about this. What happens if Brissett's decent? Like he's making a couple great plays. He's winning the locker room over. They bring Watson in and it, it's against a primetime team. They get smoked. 
what does that do that locker room culture for a guy who's <laughs> kind of polarizing? That'd be like the most that'd be I could see that totally happening now. Because Cleveland is such a fragile locker room. It always has been, even with the well, talent they've had. I don't do know if it's the locker room. It's the front office. The front it's, office it's definitely. Everything. Yeah. Well, they're gonna shoot the right Warren now okay. Watson in there, regardless of if if Brissett's good or not. Brissett is as good. Brissett, if we all forget, Brissett was actually decent in Miami, even though that offense was goddamn terrible. Um, he was not in bad in Indianapolis when they had literally nothing out there for him except for an aging T.Y. Hilton. So, if we're really looking at this the wrong way, Brissett could be not terrible. Brissett's got his two best running backs he's ever had. Yeah. He's got arguably, I think, the best tight end he's ever had in Joku. I think in Joku's better than Mike Gesicki, but that's a whole other argument. Um, I also partial. He's from my mom's high school, and he's from the mm. U. So, yeah, that's mm. you know, a fair point. He's so, definitely he, the most athletic guy he's ever had. That's oh, sure. definitely. And he's probably the most like just he, he's just a freak athlete. But like the mm. other thing about Brissett is, you hit on the head. He's not Baker. He's not going to chuck a f it. He's out there somewhere, throw middle of the game, and kill a drive. He's going to say, oh, shucks, nobody's open inside of 20 yards. He's going to chuck a check down to Kareem Hunt, who might bust through 20 guys and get a first down. So yeah. it's kind of like I, it's a, it might be the match made in heaven that we never saw coming. The mistaken match made in heaven, if you will. Exactly. And, and it's funny you mentioned – I'm actually really glad you actually mentioned this because this is a big part of Jacoby Brissett's personality is he is – a glue locker room guy. Like he has always been that glue locker room guy. Like you go back to his days at NC State where he was not in he's not even eligible to play and he traveled to every single away game that season along with their home games to root on his teammates. And then the next season, he was obviously starting quarterback, leading them away, you know, all the all the intangibles and you and that's something that they have talked about his entire career. <laughs> so, you mentioned winning over a locker room that might be a situation where he does, and so if something does happen with Deshaun where he doesn't come back or comes back and blows it, and they have to like bench him. Like, let's be honest, it could be a situation like Garoppolo, where Garoppolo was traded to the Niners, and they just kind of benched him the, that that half of the season, just because there was no point in putting him in with five games, six games to go, when one he wasn't meshed with any of the teammates, two he was kind of injury injured, not really injured, but didn't look good. And so it could be a situation like that, that you leave Jacoby out there, maybe sneak your way into a wild card, lick your wounds, go home for next season. Like I, I think the one thing struggling with the AFC is the fact that the entire AFC West is better than the Browns. If everybody else basically minus like two or three. Like, other like I, we did it when me and Matt were bored when, when I, at the end of a show, we kind of just threw out like who we think would make the playoffs. And I got to team 11 before I hit the Browns. And I was like, that was with Watson. I was like, and he's like, what's the problem? Like, they have no outside guys. Like, Jonathan Peoples-Jones is fast as hell, but he can't look up, like Kelsey said. And I love Njoku, but you can bracket him out of a play. If you pack the box, are they really going to try to beat you, throwing over the top to Amari, I shrink at big moments, Cooper? Like, I, I the Browns don't scare. That defense is amazing, but yeah. if you're losing by 30, it's not going to matter. Yeah, that's you slept, you slept on Anthony Schwartz out there, but I, I understand why, because Baker or anybody last year could not get him the ball. So, Dude, I think Anthony Schwartz slept on Anthony Schwartz a little bit. Yeah, I think, yeah, I think Anthony Schwartz let his hair grow, to, out, grow out a little too much. For a second, who he was, I'm like, Anthony Schwartz. Oh, okay. <laughs> it's been a minute. Hmm. Hmm. 
Yeah, he's de- there's definitely a little bit of work there. But I also kind of want to talk about the Panthers as well, too. He's kind of mentioned Baker a little bit going to Carolina, getting that fresh start. Him and Sam Darnold, it sounds like it's going to be an interesting quarterback competition going on in there. First day of training camp, obviously, don't ever look too much in the training camp, but they both look kind of terrible, basically, is what it sounded like as well, too. <laughs> Not too good. So going to go and toss it to you, Kels, because these are two of your favorite quarterbacks in Sam Darnold and Baker Mayfield. So I want to get your thoughts on that quarterback <laughs> competition. Now, how do you think that plays out? Team PJ Walker all day <laughs> long. Please <laughs> let that man play quarterback for the Carolina Panthers. They might actually stand a chance. Uh, no, nah, like this. Uh, practice is practice is practice. I, I will never forget the fact that everybody said Jamar Chase can't catch a ball that doesn't have a stripe on it. Remember Patrick wow. Mahomes in his first training camp, too? He's oh, eight, God. Yeah. Yeah. Patrick, Patrick Mahomes throwing five interceptions in his first appearance against the second team defense. Uh, you um, know, Jordan I can go down the line. Alex Smith. Mm-hmm. What's, what's up? Jordan Love looked elite in his first training camp. There you go. Oh, uh, Deshaun Kaiser looked yeah, elite right? in his first <laughs> month with the team until it, like, literally, literally until the season started. And then it was just like, oh, wait, who? I will raise you the 2015 Philadelphia Eagles who blow at everyone in, in preseason. <laughs> uh, countless amount of Cowboys teams who have gotten undefeated in preseason. Like, that's like, this is what I take this as is like, this means absolutely nothing to me. Uh, and at the end of the day, I think the thing that worries me more than anything is the fact that we haven't gotten told who the starter is going to be. And I know it's it's fresh. It's brand new. But we all know who the starter is going to end up being. Are they really going to run Sam Darnold out there for four to five games and just let Damn. him get ghosted? Like, I, I, that's really what I'm worried about. Like, can they afford that? Like, can the Panthers afford that with – CJ, I keep getting injured by week six. McCaffrey with Robbie out there just dissing Baker on the on, on IG. Now, honestly, after he, he explained himself on the I Am Athlete podcast, I get what he was saying. Like, he's like, I'm standing up for my dude because he's there. But at the same time, like, you have so many things that need to go right with this team offensively for mm-hmm. it to work that you kind of just have to like you have to pull the band-aid off and just be like Baker's going to be our guy. Like I think this is a like you, you I don't think you can wait very long for this. Are we also ignoring the fact that, that Matt Corral could be like the sneaky guy that we're nobody's talking about? Like he's my favorite prospect in this quarterback draft besides Carson Strong who is an undrafted free agent. I like I like guys with big arms, a lot of confidence and not a lot of fear cuz those are the guys that end up staying around in the league for a while. Yeah. And and so, like, with, with Matt Corral, what I loved is he was a more athletic, better arm Baker Mayfield. And I was like, okay, this could work. I saw Carolina. I'm like, okay, this is great. Then they go and get Baker, and I'm like, why? But then in my head, it's like maybe they run Baker out for a year. They're going to be terrible anyway. Maybe mix Corral at the end of the season. If they're already eliminated for playoff time, Baker will sign the contract somewhere else, and Corral's a starter next year. That was the logical way to play this. Nothing about Matt Rule and Ben McAdoofus is ever logical. So um, I don't know what's going to happen. And I love Corral's game. He's just like flick it and throw it into a tight coverage, and he's going to hit his target half the time. That's his That's his MO. And honestly, I like the fact that he has no fear. Honestly, with the team this bad, it might be not a bad thing. So yeah. I'm going to put Corral as a dark horse here. I think, unfortunately, for P.J. Walker, he should have gone right back to the XFL and started there. I think I think honestly you're right. Like it's it's so important. PJ Walker had such a interesting like moment in the NFL last year, right? And then it's yeah. like all of a sudden, all right, well, uh, fourth string uh, practice squad. You know what? Go find yourself a new team. <laughs> like, like I, it's, it's so unfortunate for him. 
I love that you mentioned Matt Corral because he's actually both mine and Kelsey's QB ones. We did our draft big boards as well, too. Not a great QB class, but we both thought he's a really good. I like how exactly he described it. He ran so many RPOs at Ole Miss as well, too. He makes that with CMC and DJ Moore, who we forget is an outstanding receiver when you can get him the ball. Top 20 right there. Exactly. You get him just in the ball and open space. He has a lot of stuff. I got yelled at for calling him top 10 by Kevin. So I'm going to say top 20 because he's in the 15, 16 range. That's, That's fair. He's like 15, I still take like, like an eight. I still take like an AJ Brown or a DK Metcalf over him, but like it's not. It's close. If I, I have a good quarterback, there's no chance in hell I'm taking either one of them over over DJ Moore. I'm taking. Well, DJ you don't Moore need first. a good quarterback to produce with those other two guys. That's fair. No, that's DJ fair. That actually is a fair thing. Like DJ Moore, he does need a, a passer. So I, I I think on his day though, my point being is on his day, he is a a top ten caliber. Receiver, I should say. Well, I caliber think the top ten is going to get recycled this year. We're going to see it's going to be a lot of guys under the age of twenty six this year. I think the last old guy in that in that is going to be Devontae. Everyone else is going to get booted. I think maybe Stephon Diggs will hang around as well, but I think this is the last year you're going to hear anything about that Hop guy or uh, my Mister Slant God Thomas or any of these Keenan Allen. Any of these old guys are going to get pushed out because you got Chase Jefferson, you got I think Tyreek Hills. I think this is last year of being considered elite like top tier, like a tier guy, because it's like, he's going to ba- basically running for his head cut off because two is going to have to throw him a bubble screen every other play. But I digress. Hmm. That's, that's very interesting. And the last one I'll go ahead and mention, you mentioned old guy receivers. So we're going to get this last one in there too. Julio Jones going to Tampa Bay now. So what on paper looks like a super team, smart move by Tampa, but Julio clearly has played missed 14 games in two years. Those, those injuries are starting to mount up. When I look at it, where I see this as a beneficiary is in the red zone. You got Mike Evans. He big. You got Chris Godwin. He's pretty big for a slot receiver. Julio Jones, he big. Kyle Rudolph, he big. They're just going to throw four fades every single play is what they should do at that point because you can't guard all of them. But I don't know how much Julio will be able to help between the 20s necessarily unless he can, unless you can get Atlanta Falcons, Julio, that's not broken. But I look at that one. It's a fun signing, but I'm not thinking too much of it as well, too. What are your guys' thoughts on that? This What's is reverse. Like, I feel like we're going to see reverse Atlanta Julio here. Like where Julio between the 20s was fantastic in Atlanta. This is going to be a situation is like he's going to be non-existent, and then inside the twenties, he's going to get at least two attempts at a touchdown. I think it's going to be once Tom Brady's going to accidentally throw it his way, he's going to have a chance. And he's going to like fingertip it. The other one, he's going to be an intentional like something or another. But I think I think for Julio, this is a good move for his career just because you're putting him in the best situation to win a Super Bowl. But for the Buccaneers, I mm, there's better court, there's better receivers out there. I would have taken for the Bucks. Let's just put it that way. If I'm like so, what? So one of the things I heard from about Julio Jones, this was from, um, I think it was Peter Schrager, or maybe it was Rap Sheet. One of them was on McAfee about a few weeks back. They were talking about the old Julio signing because originally the two leaders in the clubhouse were Tampa and Indy, Indy because of the Matt Ryan connection in Tampa because it's well it's fucking Brady. Hmm. Um, also, anything to get a little revenge on Atlanta would be great. So the biggest thing I heard about Tennessee. Uh, Julio Jones was, he didn't practice at all. So he was behind the eight ball on every play trying to figure out what the hell was going on. Even though he's like, yeah, he's still one of the best receivers we've ever seen, but here's the problem. It's, it's also like, it's still a new offense. As much as Mike Vrabel's offense is basically smashing a sledgehammer into a wall. I, I, I kind of like, there's still some nuances to it. And apparently in the locker room, he just never got the chemistry right. And then again, Ryan Tannehill, I think, is a bottom 10 quarterback, so it's not really much of chemistry there. But at this point, I think Julio learned his lesson in Tennessee. He's like, okay, I got to take it serious. I got to be there for camp. That's why I signed day one. 
We knew it. it I, I, I called this thing earlier this season. Julio was going to wait till day one at camp. He was going to wait until the, he got the best offer, and he's just going to go. So I, it makes a lot of sense. I think he's going to. I think he's going to be great. In it. I think. I don't think it's going to help them in the playoffs because I still think their biggest issue was not solved, and that's their secondary. As my cat is hmm. entered the frame, giving the best example of Antoine Winfield in the playoff last year as you could possibly give. Gone. I'm watching him get smoked by Cooper Cup. He was looking in the Also, him getting shimmy shaked by Devontae Smith on a screen pass that should have been blown up in the backfield. Hmm. (laughs) Uh, Antoine Winfield, most overrated young safety in the league. His daddy, though. His daddy was nasty. We don't talk about about lineage in here. Hmm. We don't talk about lineage. It doesn't count. Why you got you got some bad against lineage? Who, who pissed you off there, Kelsey? No, no, no. It just doesn't count. Like you can't have credit for your dad's doing. Well, um, the only thing, me, the only that's thing how you half the guys in MLB draft you... got drafted, including the guy who's who's wearing the hat I'm wearing now. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, hey, lineage is having his moment, but at the same time, yeah. I can you know Michael Jordan's sons. That's my final answer. <laughs> yeah, oh, J- right. Marcus, Marcus Jordan's greatest contribution to basketball is the trophy room collection for Jordan. Hmm. Uh, yes, thank you. Actually, yes. Which are legitimately the most overpriced sneakers of all time. They're gorgeous sneakers, but I'd never pay more than three hundred bucks for them. You know that the two. Yeah, yeah. two hmm. All right, well, that's going to do it here for our tip-off segment as well. Too always a lot of fun in mini camps as well. Too, and that's going to take us to our main event. The main event, of course, brought to you by our friends over at in the Clutch Apparel. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary, void, or prohibited by law. 18+. plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. Hi, I'm Maria. And I'm Mike. And we're Team Team Ready. Black Hills Energy knows your home is where your heart is. So they want you to be ready. It's all about keeping you safe, prepared, and making your home as energy efficient as possible. Everything from how to weatherize your home to how to stay safe during extreme weather. Be ready for anything. Go to blackhillsenergy.com slash team ready. Click the link in our bio. Use code Hilo Sports. Get yourself some high quality sports apparel and look look clean for this upcoming football season. And today for our main event, we're gonna be talking about we're gonna stay in the NFL topic. We're gonna talk about the top five rookies to watch for this upcoming season. And Jared, as our esteemed guest, I will go ahead and let you go first. Give us some rookies that we're gonna want to keep an eye out for. Well, first one I, I think is just gonna be elite. Is I am so excited for Brees Hall in New York. I think. Michael Carter is already calling his agent, seeing if he can get moved hmm. because Brees Hall might be a 20 carry back, 20 carry back by week one. If you could have told me a par- more perfect fit for a running back, besides maybe James Cook up in Buffalo, it's this. It's, I'm, he's my number two rookie, actually. Both the first two are running backs, ironically, but I love Brees Hall because he's a fall forward for five yards running back, and that's what the Jets have needed. They need a running back who's good enough to, you know, extend a play, but also like get you five yards in a cloud of dust. Um, I just I think it's a great move. I love it. I really do. I think he has really underrated hands too. Like you can throw oh, him yeah. the ball 
a lot too. Like you can actually use him in passing concepts for Zach Wilson too. So I he's in every down back. His blocking's even over, underrated too, which I thought on tape was a little like hidden. Everyone's like, "Oh, he can he block?" It's like, yeah, kind of. Good enough. Can see. Yeah, I mean, considering you want to use him in handing the ball or getting the ball to him, good enough at that point. I mean, uh, oh, yeah. I was gonna say he didn't he didn't have to block at Iowa, at Iowa State. It was literally like, the only time he blocked at Iowa State was when the pass was going to Charlie Kohler. Hmm. Sure. <laughs> so that was the only time he ever blocked. Yeah, sure. Other than that, he's like he's the receiver spinning in a circle. Yeah. No, I, I I like I love the Brees Hall pick just because that's a guy that I've I had my number one running back going into the season uh, going into the draft and so I think he, where he landed at with the Jets is uh, about as ideal as it can get. I mean, other than if he had landed in Buffalo somehow, that would have been the only other more ideal situation. But yeah, given the Jets and this, it's gonna be a fun offense to watch with the Jets with Brees Hall running. Absolutely. Sorry, so Jared, who we have number two on your list? Who's the second rookie to keep now? Oh, my second rookie that I'm actually really excited for is. Give me Jamison Williams in Detroit. Now, hear me out. So, everyone's shitting on the fact Detroit should have got went on and got Baker because, you know, the whole Dan Campbell being who he is and Baker Mayfield being who he is. Jared Goff was an MVP candidate, like, what, three years ago in the 18th season when they were lighting everybody up? Mm-hmm. Everyone talks about Gurley, but Goff was the one who threw all the passes. It, and... I'm not gonna lie, Amon Ross St. Brown might be one of the the best in in between the hashes receivers we've seen in a while. This dude just everything he touches turns into a 10-yard gain. He saved me in fantasy last year. I love DJ Chark. I, I think he's like one of the most undersold receivers as a number two. He literally him and Quez Watkins are the same type of receiver. They're tall, they're fast, they can catch jump balls, and they're great as the not primary guy. They're that type. They're they're just lanky. They're like the like the really if Randy Moss is a Ferrari, they're like Nissan, um, Nissan Z Coops. They're like Nissan Z Coops. Okay. They're like, they're fast and they look nice, but they're not reliable, but hell you need them for a, a quick touchdown. They're there for it. Well, Quez Watkins doesn't know what an end zone looks like. Hey, listen, that's TJ Shark does. Hey, TJ Shark does really nice well what an end zone last year. When he turned, that was, that should have been a negative. You Cowboys not wrapping them up, but either Cowboys way. don't know what that means. Don't, 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 don't tease the Cowboys. Like they don't know what wrapping up means. But to my Their point, James Williams looks like you slapped a, a V12 engine inside of a Viper and just said go. He looks like Tyreek Hill to Sean Jackson fast, where it's just it looks like he's just running a gear faster than everybody. And you're giving him apparently he's going to be ready by week one, which I I don't care honestly. Mm-hmm. He doesn't need yeah. to be. October's fine, and honestly, with Jared Goff, he Jared Goff's eyes are going to light up. He's like, oh my god, somebody's open thirty yards downfield. Oh hey, it's Williams. He's going to have a Deshaun Jackson rookie season where it's going to be like he's going to put up good numbers, but the big plays is what's going to be the story. Hopefully he doesn't drop the ball on the goal line like Jackson did, but, you know, <laughs> I think his speed – I think he – I love he's my favorite receiver in the class. I loved him. I loved Burks, but clearly I've been, so far been wrong on him. <laughs> I do also love Garrett Wilson. He was my runner-up for this receiver position for who is my favorite because I just love guys with explosiveness – because offenses now rely on that kind of stuff. As much as technicality, route running, everything else, there's just something about being able to just blow by somebody. That's definitely. And I will say, James, when you average 45 yards per touchdown in your senior season with about 17 touchdowns, that's all you need to hear about his pure explosion as well. And Jared Goff, for all of his knocks, I guess people want to give, he does throw a real pretty deep ball. People forget watching him throw those deep ones to Cooper Cup, Robert Woods, and, and squad back when he was in, in with the Rams off play action. So he does throw a pretty deep ball if they can give him time. And watching Jamison Williams get behind some of those defenders because it's not exactly – he's going to be playing some pretty slow secondaries that he's going to be able to get behind too. Oh, you man. Want, that, 
Oh, one thing. One estimate of his speed and want to see what you're missing. Just watch his one touchdown against the Miami Hurricanes week one. That's all I have to watch. Just watch that. You're good. (laughs) Just blows by our fastest safety like it's nothing. Mm -hmm. I I was going to say that Vikings defense without Old has gotten. He might might have like four touchdowns. (laughs) It's going to be a Justin Jefferson, Jameson Williams shootout. I feel like that. that, I cannot wait. Honestly, for the first time, I can honestly say I'm excited to watch Detroit Lions football. You're excited. Because I'm buying, I'm buying Sunday ticket this year for how much I want to see all these rookies. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Absolutely. it's it's gonna be fun. It's gonna be fun to watch. I mean, really, it is. And Jameson Williams, the the, the the worst thing that ever happened was that injury, and and it was honestly, it might be the best thing that happened in his career. The worst thing that happened at the time it did, just because it kind of was like, man, we'd love to see him finish out the game and see what mm-hmm. happens, you know. But I think for his career, it might have been the best timing for it to happen because could you imagine it happens year one or year four? Of his contract, maybe he's had a pretty decent like career up to that point, and then year four of that contract, it happens. Dude loses out on millions. So, hey, say, but it's probably the best thing that could have happened. Definitely. Oh, definitely. So, Jared, who do we have now at number three for the? He's having an explosive start with these two. It's Nicobe Dean. Can't miss that. How did this man fall three rounds for a shoulder injury? That was basically like shaken off by like forty percent of the doc. Like every doctor looked at him was like, "Oh, it's fine," but every like I want to know who spread the whole thing about his shoulder, because when he shows shows up and he shows up to Eagles minicamp and rookie camp, he's outlifting every linebacker in the room. He looks fine, looks explosive. Yeah, he may only be five eleven, two thirty, but the biggest issue to the Eagles defense the last four years has been the fact that they haven't had a good linebacker since Jordan Hicks left. Uh, TJ Edwards is a good downhill run, downhill uh, run stopper. So is Kazir White, but they're not elite sideline sideline guys. So what do they do? They go out and get a guy who fits that Fred Warner, maybe not the same size, Devin White type. Where he like Nicobe is a missile. My favorite part of his highlight tape was I watched him stick up three SEC running backs in the hole by himself. Like. I was, I'm like, this guy is my height. He just stuck up a 6'2 running back in the hole, dropped him on his ass. And then I go watch the kid from uh, Utah, whose name is escaping me right now. Devin have Lloyd. To gang ta- yeah, Devin Lloyd. Have to gang tackle everybody. And I'm like, is anybody else not seeing this? Like, I, I the little things, like being able to tackle a, a SEC running back in the hole. This guy's letting Pac-12 running backs run through him, and he's, you know, drafted around and a half higher. I think a lot of teams are going to regret that. Like, it's going to be like one of those situations where it, it's going to be a more successful Jalen Smith, where at least Nicobe Dean knows how to cover. But he might last on the roster for longer than five seasons. Yeah, I think the Dean thing. It's going to even if he's just a maybe makes one or two Pro Bowls and he's a solid B minus like Madden ranks him as like an 82, 83 linebacker. It's still a steal for Philadelphia. I think he's going to have a great season though. I think he's going to be like a leader on that de- might be wearing a captain C by the end of the year. Like that's how big I think he is for that defense, especially with guys like Brandon Graham and Fletcher Cox retiring next year. Exactly. He's got incredible range too. I, the one that I always talk about is that game against the Michigan where they see Corm coming in that motion screen. He's from the backside hash and missile shoots him and takes him down for a loss of one. His range is second to none. And on top of that too, I think he's stocky. Like you mentioned, he's like two thirty, So it's not like he's a two Oh five safety playing linebacker. He can actually hit people in the hole, stick them, bring them down. And I think if you keep offensive linemen off of him, it's kind of a lot like Roquan Smith, a former Georgia mm-hmm. linebacker as well, too. Just oh, yeah. let him fly around the field and destroy people. So I, I like that pick too. And you have his big buddy, Jordan Davis in front of him too, to take up some of those. He's runs. an honorable mention for me. It, it really just came down to 
like the thing is Davis is going to be a rotation guy with um mm-hmm. with uh Milton Thomas, Javon Hargrave and Fletcher Cox. The the um the Eagles have like literally the like I think maybe the deepest defensive tackle core I've ever seen mm-hmm. of just big scary guys who might hurt you. So body guards in the in the game. Oh my god, <laughs> like like Hassan Riddick and Josh Sweat and Barnett and Graham are literally just going to sit in the hole like <laughs> we literally get single covered every play. This is great. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, I, I got to say about Nakobe Dean, man. I I'm so glad you pointed out the fact that he's shutting down at not just one, not mm-hmm. two, three, but multiple SEC running backs, guys that we're looking at as number one first round overall draft picks in the future. There's four guys that got drafted this year that he shut down on a regular basis when they played. You know, yeah. like it's it's insane that Nicobe Dean got overlooked. And I'm, I mean, look, I still think he's a top 10 talent. I stand by mm-hmm. it. He is a top 10 talent that got slipped by in this draft. And, Every single team, and I do mean every single team that passed up on him, is gonna hate their life. And I am purely looking at Ju Jones family mm-hmm. for for letting this one slip into the division. At that, like this is, oh, I I loved watching the Kobe Dean on tape, and man, it's gonna be fun. I, I say I'm gonna I'm actually like, if I buy an Eagles jersey, there's two names. It's either gonna be Jason Kelsey or Nicobe Dean. Those are the two, and that's it. No other mm-hmm. questions asked. I actually just got my AJ Brown nameplate shipped to me today from a little company. I'll give him a shout out at the end of the show. But they basically, for my Wentz jersey, they ship out nameplates because so many Wentz, so many Eagles fans have been getting their AJ Brown jerseys in. So now I can save my money for either uh, a Jalen Hurts or a Kobe Dean jersey by the end of the year. Like I'm in the same boat as you. I love the Kobe Dean. Like I love his story. I love how he just is like, all right, fine. Y'all passed on me. I'm about to whoop all your asses. Let's not forget Brian Erlacher was the same size as him coming out of college. He's a yeah, little but, bit taller. He's about six. Uh, he was sorry. Yeah, you were, he was six two, but six, yeah, 200, 235 pounds. Mm-hmm. Brian Urlacher, soaking mm-hmm. wet. Yeah, exactly. uh, Will Herring also another safety turn linebacker. Oh, 230 oh pounds. yeah, great, great linebacker when he played. Absolutely, yeah. That was a name I had heard in a long time. Holy crap, Kelsey you just <laughs> made me go flashback there. Where you go to Will Herring? Will Herring, if he's ever listening. There you go. Age is also. We got through three three outstanding players too. Who are we looking at for number four for you? Pierre Elam. Everybody wants to talk about sauce. Everyone questions Stingley. You're telling me you got a guy who won't ask for the playbook on draft night. This guy, I watched him lock up SEC receivers, and he's mean. He's nasty. He's long. He's physically can run. If you said, hey, what do the Buffalo Bills need? I would say, give me Richard Sherman with looser hips and better man-to-man skills. And probably a lot faster. I'm not saying he's going to be as a leader as Richard Sherman, but this dude is just long, lanky, and nasty, and he's a perfect combo for Tredavious White. I think he's he's a not he, he's my sleeper for. I have three sleepers for defensive rookie of the year. One of them's Dean. One of them is Kier Elam because these dudes are just perfect fits for their situations. Elam even more than Dean. Honestly, I should have put him at four I and mean, at three. I just love everything about him on tape. When they were talking about Philadelphia having two first round picks, I'm like, all right, cool. Let's go get a receiver at twelve, and then we'll go get Kier Elam at fifth, fourteen or whatever. I was like, why would you want the kid of? Uh, uh, the kid out of Washington, McDuff, or whatever his name is, McDuffie. I'm like, because Kerry Elam could probably bully somebody. Kerry Elam's pro comp was a keep to leave. That's mm-hmm. uh, winner. Okay, I'll take it. Give me a young keep to leave. I'm fine with that. That's fine by me. So, like, everything on about this kid's tape screams he's going to be a solid Pro Bowl cornerback. I think he may have a, even a better career than Sauce, even though I think Sauce is just going to be heads up. I'm also trying to go away from the usual. Suspects here because everyone's gonna say right. Hutch, Sauce, 
Everyone's going to say um, – Tra- I even would put Trayvon Walker's in honorable mention because I think he's going to be explosive with Doug Peterson kind of being like, hey, just go after the quarterback. I don't care what else the hell you do. Hmm. Um, but, yeah, no, I love everything I care. Elam, everything man-to-man, bump and run. And the fact that Buffalo now has somebody they can say, hey, we can have you lock up whoever the hell they throw at us in Kansas City. So, like, say, Juju's in the middle doing the Corvette dance, carry them, like, you know, cold clocks and run the line of scrimmage. We're good. <laughs> you know, I'll, I, yeah. I'll go ahead, go ahead, DJ. I will say my fun comp for him was a name that you probably hate dear in your heart as well, too. But I, he reminds me a lot of Raiders Nandi Osmo as a guy who will just get who's lengthy. You put him out on the island, he will fist fight with anybody. Well. I don't hate that because Raiders Osmo, yes. Top, one of the better corners you've ever seen. Unfortunately, once he leaves, he turns into absolute dude well, and gets it, toasted it, by tight ends. But here's the thing: it's like another lanky cornerback who's like lighting up. Now, Razul Douglas was horrible in Philadelphia. Now is considered a top twenty-five corner, mm-hmm. and I'm yeah. like, huh? And then I watch him on tape. And I'm like, what did? Wh- where was this in Philly? Mm-hmm. But then I realized Jim Schwartz's defense is just for psychopaths. Yeah. 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 So here was my. I'm gonna. I have to go back to my my draft board for Kyrie because I had me and him had a. I have a love hate relationship with the tape I saw. He. I literally said he is a wild card. If he goes to the right team, perfect. He has an ideal size for a corner, drives well on short routes and is above average in zone coverage, perfect for exactly what the Buffalo Bills do. But he's basically useless in the run because it's eye discipline. He just gets caught up too much looking in the backfield and gets lost. But again, Buffalo solves that problem. Rangy and, defensive backs and rangy. Yeah, and then he's like, it literally. My, I go on to say he has every tool at his disposal as long as he goes to the right right program. And then my pro comparison was Jalen Johnson, the kid out of Utah that's now in Chicago. Yeah. So, and that's because just talent, like, like literally body build and talent wise, easily their floor level, like NFL caliber starter floor level. But can he take these tools to the next level and not fall out? You know, like we've seen so many different corners too. But I just. I have a love-hate relationship with Kyrie Elam, but I do think he fell into the exact right spot here. Absolutely. My last. Uh, oh, you go, go. Go, DJ? Uh, so who do you have for us for number five? We've had an explosive list All so right. far. I'm curious to see who, who the best for last is. A couple honorable mentions I throw out there with Garrett Wilson, uh, Cam Jurgens going to Eagles in the second round. I think this dude is going to be possibly the best center in this draft. I love Lindenbaum as well, but I think it's – I like the versatility and the fact he's thinking of his beef. Beef mm. Jurgens, are you fucking kidding me? That wins by default. Um, I loved the Texans going to get Keon Green out of Texas AM. I just think it's a perfect fit because his versatility he can play multiple positions. But my most my number five guy is the only pick I said, oh shit, we're screwed. And and it was more referring to Jalen Hurts' backside, and that's Kayvon Thibodeau <laughs> going to the Giants of five. I am a big Kayvon guy. I don't give a shit about his crypto investments. I don't give a shit about what he talks about post-football. He's just smarter than everyone else. If, if if that works for me, fine. I don't give a shit what you do from Saturday, from like Sunday night to Thursday. Thursday to Sunday as a head coach, you are mine to chase that quarterback and put him in the dirt. And here's the thing. As an Eagles fan, thank God Lane Johnson's only 33 years old because if it wasn't, I'd be shitting my pants right now. <laughs> and thank God Jordan Mailata eats people the size of Kayvon, Thib- Kayvon Thibodeau. But – if one of those guys goes down, I am scared because Thibodeau is going to be another one of those Giants edge rushers that I hate. O.C. Uminiora, Justin Tuck, Michael Strahan. I'm not saying he's going to be as good as these guys, but he's going to give me nightmares like those. Jason Pierre-Paul, he's going to give me nightmares like those fuckers did. And that's why I, I look at Thibodeau and I'm like, shit, I just got another one. Like, 
I laughed about the Kadarius Tony pick because it was such a joke. But like they got it right this draft. The Giants actually made the right pick here, and it I was like, crap. Yeah. Yeah, they made the most of those two top ten picks, that's for sure. Oh, so yes, they did. I think I still think he was probably the most talented player in the draft, arguably towards the top of a board as well, too. And I think his versatility, because you can even put him in space and he's not useless. Like if they want to like send a backside blitz and have him drop off to confuse the line, he can still do that and not be just spinning and spinning his wheels in circles. He can actually drop into the flats, that sort of thing as well, too. And he's incredible against the run. When he's when he's going and he sees the run, he blows it up as well. So I agree with Thibodeau as well, too. Kelsey, what, what are your thoughts on? We got now the first five from Jared. What are your thoughts on those? I, you know, I love the list. It's it's a lot of guys that I obviously I'm a big fan of from the draft. Um, obviously, Kayvon Thibodeau. The, I still stand by the fact that we just ran out of things to look at with Kayvon Thibodeau because he was in the spotlight from his sophomore year of high school. Like it literally just got to the point of like, what can we assume from looking at something stupid? about this guy and that could be on tape. Like that is really how I feel about how Kayvon Thibodeau got looked at in the draft. He was just nitpicked for no reason. Yeah. Uh, the guy's still an ungodly talent. Like his athleticism is just insane. So I, I love the list, honestly. I, the only one I have like, eh, about is Kyrie And that's just because I, again, hit or miss with me. Uh, but I think he did fall bass backwards into the right position to be a completely do- dominant corner if he really wanted to. I like it as well. That's very good. So, Kelsey, who are we looking at for your five rookies to watch out for now as well? Because I'm really curious because you always like to swing way outside of the box on this one. I think you're going to break out some random seventh-round picks that even you don't know entirely of, but you thought of them. No, no, I did not go seventh round. I kind of capped myself uh, around uh, actually everybody's in the first three rounds. So, um, I didn't try. I didn't, I didn't I didn't stick with anybody that was like, you know, your big name. I didn't stick with Aiden or anybody like Kyle Hamilton. I could easily have picked those guys and just had like a quick list and be done. Uh, that's not what we're here for, right? We're here for impactful rookies for some teams that probably need some impact. So I'm going to start with one of those guys who's going to provide instant impact. It doesn't matter who's playing quarterback for them. They're going to look out there. They're going to see this guy. and They're going to be like, I want to get him the ball. Uh, that's Drake London, the wide receiver now in Atlanta. I don't think there's a single receiver in Atlanta now that Calvin Ridley suspended for the year that is going to be out there that could – possibly do what drake london can do physically uh i think he's just it's going to be a situation where you're just like you see him and you're like all right well i don't have a choice but to throw it in his direction and see what he can do i mean he's gonna have to force his way open a lot he's gonna have to use that basketball frame of his to get a lot of his receptions but you know what he's he's good at it it's what he does well and i think he's gonna be the most impactful rookie on that falcons team that needs some impact from somewhere uh i don't know like there's not very many places that's going to give you impact for this this Falcons team, and uh, it's really going to come down to, yeah, can can Drake London give it to you? And I think he's the most the most likely uh, to be able to do give give any impact in this wide receiving core. Um, and honestly, for this wide receiver list, the, honestly, I could probably pick all wide receivers for my top five impact players because there's a possibility. But I think Drake London, <clears throat> to me, he just stands out as a guy that I think he's going to have to be the he's going to he's going to be there for an impact rookie for sure. If I'm Atlanta, I'm putting Drake London on one side inside the 10-yard line. I'm putting Kyle Pitts on the other outside. I'm saying you pick your poison because this fade route's going to one of those two. If you yeah. don't double-team both of them, then if you double-team both of them, Mark Smith running right up the gut for a touchdown. Or really screw with them and stack them. <laughs> it just completely. Exactly. <laughs> and then run a speed option the opposite so opposite way or something just to be an asshole. Like there, There's a lot of fun they could have. That, that, is the most th- that is the most me thing I'd ever do as an offensive player. <laughs> <laughs> oh, all right, Kelsey. That's, that's a really good one, too. So who are we looking at for number two? 
so yeah, Drake London obviously uh, there. Uh, but obviously, keeping with the offensive theme, I love the Brees Hall pick. But there was an announcement this season, this offseason, about a guy get, having to retire because of injury in a team that is completely rebuilding their offense. And a guy who just so happened to almost literally run away with the Heisman Trophy at one point in time last year uh, just happened to land there. And his name is Ken Walker, Kenneth Walker III. I think he has all the talent and ability to be there physically. I think he's he's a gifted runner. If you ask him to pass block, he can do it. But in a team where you have Drew Locke as your quarterback, and I love me some Drew Locke, don't get me wrong, but when your potential starter is going to be not Drew Locke or it's going to be Geno Smith, and I, again, Geno Smith has been through some troubling times in his career, still has a similar record win-loss-wise to Baker Mayfield, though, fun fact. Uh, it's just – Still not good enough, and so you're going to have to rely on a run game. And this does—they do have a big running back core. There's a lot of guys in that Seattle core, but I do think Kenneth Walker's name is going to be right there behind Rashad Penny, and give it a couple weeks, and I think he overtakes Rashad Penny. Honestly, interesting. All right, I, I like it. That's a good one. I will say I completely forgot that Walker went to Seattle, and that like I, it completely because it was just like kind of like an pick. You're like, oh, okay, whatever. And then here's the other thing. It's like his competitors are Rashad Penny and then the two boys from Miami, Homer and DJ Dallas, yeah. who are both like gadget backs. So both yeah. one of them is probably going to get moved during camp because there's going to be somebody who's going to lose a number two back. So I love that Walker pick, honestly. I really do. Yeah. Right. And it, it, let's just be completely clear. Chris Carson having to retire, probably one of the sad, like one of the sadder things you've seen just because it's like, man, he was kind of a, he was a baller. When he, when he was he actually was on the field, fun. he's a gamer. He just and, would hit the hole at like a rocket and like literally just cause chaos. It was great. Yeah. But so that's Kenneth Walker too. I'm going to speed mine up a little bit. Number three, Christian Watson. He's injured now, but it's Green Bay. You need a number one receiver. He has all the intangibles. He's going to have to step up for me. That's at number three. I get, I got Christian Watson when he comes back. He's going to be a Rod's favorite wide receivers. Oh, yeah. He's got to get out there somewhere so A-Rod can say, screw Watson out there somewhere. He can get out there with the best of them, but he's just, like you said, he's got to get out on the field. And they I used him a lot with, like, end of rounds and stuff in college. Too, I don't so. think Rodgers ever had a receiver as fast as Watson either. Not with Maybe everything else. Like, top end speed, bro. like, I think he's even faster than MBS. Yeah. yeah. That's possible. Yeah. Um, I don't know Jordy Nelson was, quote-unquote, underratedly fast, so you never – Yeah, I mean, I mean – that, that, that dude read the 400 in track. That, that country white boy speed ain't nothing to shake a stick at. <laughs> yeah. he, he's got he's got that second gear, but we can't we can't quite figure out what it is why he's underratedly fast. There's just something about. It. I can't say it on this show. Only I can say it in the corner booth because we have a little <laughs> higher, a little darker of a rating. <laughs> That's All fair. Right. That's <laughs> fair. Touche. All right. Uh, so number four on my list now. Um, I'm kind of this one's kind of a stretch. Maybe some people may not be as high as this guy is on, on this guy as I have been. Uh, I've been saying his name for a lot, and I think he's the next Michael Parsons. Nick Benito, the outside linebacker going to Denver. Man, if this dude is just put into pass rush only situations, he was tops on the combine in a defensive line class that featured all the Georgia guys and then Nick Benito at number three in all of the rankings. The dude has all the physical talents in the world. He showed out at Oklahoma when he actually had the opportunity to. I think I think he's he's going to be pretty good here in the in the in the league. And honestly, if Bradley Chubb's healthy and and their other uh, you know opposite side rusher is healthy, slide him in just as a blitzing linebacker, perfectly fine. 
They can Absolutely get a lead, Greg Hardy, Bradley Chubb, and Bonito. One of them's going to get to the quarterback. So who can get their fastest? And as you mentioned, Bonito's is fat can be one of the, is one of the faster guys out there. So that that could be a fun race to watch the quarterback if Russell Wilson exactly. doesn't you know turn it over a lot or take a bunch of sacks. Might be the only reason Russell Wilson gets an opportunity to score, um, but not careful. But my number my number five, my last one, uh, a guy I still think was a top tier edge guy, um, and honestly, he was just surpassed because well pure athletes usually take place over pure talent or uh, pure technique. And George Karloftis, pure technique at its finest, the edge rusher going to Kansas City. He gets to play next to Chris Jones. And you're telling me this guy who dominated by himself on an offense, on a defensive line in college going up against a ton of great offensive lines in the Big Ten? Like, you telling me he, he gets to have a Chris Jones next to him? Yeah, I'd like to see what this guy can do who is a pure technique guy. He is absolutely technique, technique, technique. And he has the power behind it. Uh, so it's going to be a lot of fun to watch. I think George Karloftis uh, rounds out my top five rookies to watch. There you go. Yeah, I like that one as well, too. And he's had plenty of opportunities in that division where they're going to be throwing the ball all over the place. Each team's going to average like 50 pass attempts a game the way they're looking right now. So he'll have plenty of opportunities. I'm going to coast through mine pretty quickly here. Number five, I got Velas Jones for the Bears, the new receiver they drafted, because they did nothing else to help Justin Fields whatsoever. And the guys they brought in in free agency have been arrested or have been miserable so far as well, too. So they haven't done a lot to help him. Velas Jones, throw the bubble screen, let him get out in space and scoot. He's a yak machine. And they brought in the Packers quarterback coach to be the offensive coordinator, who they've already been working on catch, snap, flick, kind of like what Aaron Rodgers did with Devontae Adams all of last year as well, too, just getting the ball out of his hands to mask that putrid offensive line. So. Give me Velas Jones is an underrated guy. Not that the Bears will be any good. They have way too many holes, but Velas Jones can maybe show out a little bit. Next one I have, I have Charlie Kolar, the tight end from Iowa State, going to the Ravens as well, too. I compared him to Jason Witten. There is nothing special about him besides his production. He's not very fast. He's not overly big. He has good hands, and he just finds a way to get open and catch the ball. And now you pair that with Mark Andrews, and then Rashad Bateman is your really only main outside receiver as well, too. I think he's going to find a lot of room to work. They're going to pack the boxes. So you have to do with the Ravens stop Lamar, J.K. Dobbins, and squad. I think Kolar can be that Hayden Hurst slash Nick Boyle role, but with a little bit more of a receiving threat too, because you don't double-team Mark Andrews, he'll cook. So they'll double-team him. Charlie Kolar will be able to just pick up a weird amount of first downs. Next one I have, I'm just going to cruise through these real quick. I have Troy Anderson, the linebacker, going to the Falcons out of Montana State. 4-5 four, five, four, five flat 40 rangy all over the field played he was won awards as a quarterback a running back a safety and a linebacker in college atlanta just needs playmakers at, at whatsoever right now stick him there next to guys like Deion jones and grady jarrett aj terrell i think he's going to be just i think he's just gonna be a defensive almost like a star position we they kind of joke about as well too like he doesn't have a position we just put him on the field and let him roam and make plays <laughs> i think he's gonna do a lot of that next to Deion jones as well too next one i have we all alluded to him earlier james cook going to the bills Versatile, do it all running back, get him the ball in space, make it so Josh Allen doesn't have to be your leading rusher and run into brick walls every play. Give give him a screen option pass, things like that. Not a whole lot to say about James Cook. We've gone over that. Last one I have is Alec Pierce, the receiver, going to the Colts as well. We talked about Jordy Nelson earlier. We don't know why he's fast. We can't put our finger on it, but there's something about him that's really fast. Alec Pierce, there's a reason in the playoff game against Alabama, he is the only guy on Cincinnati that Alabama even tried to guard. Everyone else, they just said, I dare you to try. Pretty, he's underratedly fast, jokingly, quote unquote. He's a big body. Matt Ryan coming into the field, a guy who will sit, throw, actually throw the ball as well to not hold it for 45 minutes. He gets to play opposite Michael Pittman with a run first offense. I think he's going to find a lot of holes deep over the middle as well, too. So give me Alec Pierce as a fifth guy in a run first offense to kind of take the reins of that number two receiver as well. 
And once again, as I've been talking about it all day, because I love me some jump ball situations, a 6'3", 6'4", receiver who can get loose, who's going to be against most number two corners. Matt Ryan throwing you the ball, too, is still one of the more accurate quarterbacks you'll find in the league when he's not getting assaulted. I think Alec Pierce has a good chance to have an explosive rookie year. I like it. I, I love the Alec Pierce pick. Big Alec Big. Pierce guy. Yeah. yeah. I, honestly, it was it was down to, like, who, who do I want to pick? Do I want to pick Christian Watson or Alec Pierce as my receiver to look out for? You know? Exactly. It's really what for me. The one I'm really curious about is I want to see Charlie Kolar because I think if he stays healthy in that run offense, he's going to find a lot of just random openings where like, oh, wow, we forgot about him with his 4-7-40 running self, and he's just going to randomly get open and make plays in ways that make no sense whatsoever. Yeah. Bayless Jones is an interesting I, – I, I just have to go back to that one for a second. Like, Bayless yeah, Jones is an interesting prospect uh, for what Chicago. What college did he come out of? Oh, what college did he come out of as well, too? It was some on, I got you. Smaller school as well, like too, East, though. West, North Dakota, Alabama State or something, like out of like Key and Peel skit? Tennessee. Like, uh, Tennessee. Let's pump the brakes there. Tennessee. Okay. <laughs> He's a well, former hey, USC guy. To you guys in Alabama, it's the same thing. Yeah, okay, exactly. fair. He's a guy, get him in space, watch him cook as well, too. He can almost turn things into a kicker turn, almost like a Jakeem Grant, but much thicker as well, too. So I think you got to get the ball out of Justin Fields' hands so he doesn't get assaulted behind on that team. You're not going to run the ball very well, most likely, unless you somehow learn how to block. So I think that's just a way to get the ball in space and watch him do some work out there and take a little pressure off Darnell Mooney, too. Anybody think the, else think the Bears are going to have a top three pick this next year? Because that's I, I have a, I, they're my they're my odds on favorites have the number one pick. They just the got rid of too much on defense. I don't think they did enough on defense to, to restack it. Who would you say? Uh, you said the, the Bears, right? Yeah. Like, yeah, I, I think, think they like, need a better defense. Like, I think, like, there could be, like, a surprise team that just has a brush of injuries, like, maybe, a, like, a Tennessee or something like that. But, like, 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 I think the thing is, like, the Bears might be the worst team in football next year, and it's going to be absolutely hysterical. Like, I think the Lions might win nine or ten games next year. The Vikings are going to win eight or nine. The Packers are going to win 10 or 12. Like, it's going to be a rough year for the Bears. And it sucks, too, because I still think Justin Fields has the potential to be really, really, really good. But you're going to have to have a Herculean effort to get through this team, unfortunately, too. I just, there's not a lot to work with there right now, as well, too. I just, what what are you going to do when you're getting hit immediately? I mean, we saw that Browns game where he was getting hit before he took the snap, as well, too. (sighs) That Browns game, dude, I'll never forget watching their right tackle on three straight plays try to block Miles Garrett. Like, this like seen arms absolutely completely out straight back effort like <laughs> straight back like knees locked out not even touching him but like like he touched him with his right hand all the way across the screen to his left hand like that was it like, that was all he did with miles garrett and miles garrett just said me and kelsey oh, two okay. former off- offensive linemen mm-hmm. literally having a seizure watching this mm-hmm. happen and the other thing is like what i loved about uh also like I don't know what was worse, that Browns game or him against um, Alabama in the National Championship game. They were both ugly. Yeah. Offensive line is letting you down right there. Career move will be if they don't pick up his fifth-year option, he gets to go somewhere else and have a second coming. He will go somewhere else. I guarantee he's going to go to some team, like possibly like a team that lost their quarterback, like a Baltimore, because I don't think Lamar. I think, hot take, I think the Ravens might lose Lamar Jackson. Very interesting. they They may overstep their bounds here. And try to, and Jackson would be like, um, I'll go to the Dolphins because two is gonna bust. So hell yeah. I, I actually want to we'll piggyback off that in just a second to the next segment, but I do want to point out that's two straight seasons in a row where he has had a tweet about his organization in a not so happy light. Well, okay, so post Ozzie Newsome Ravens are not a fun organization. Yeah, they're not. 
No. He was the he was the I guess like he was the cool grandfather of that organization. Like Ozzy had been there since day one. And it's kind of like, yeah, J- John Harbaugh's still there, but John only has so much power. And the Models are kind of just like eh, as owners. They they screwed they Cleveland care. over. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. Well, that's gonna do it for our main event. And that's gonna take us into Kelsey's favorite part of every podcast, too. That is the that is crunch time. Crunch time brought to you by Swift Lifestyles. Click link in our bio, use code Hilo Sports, get try it out today. Jared, as our esteemed guest of honor, these last two minutes, they are all yours, good sir. What is on your mind in the sports world today? I want to give a quick shout out to an amazing company that I found courtesy of my friend Eagles Galaxy on uh, Instagram, who is like one of the best Eagles pages for Eagles fans. Um, It's called Twillworks. These amazing people have been saving guys like me money on jerseys. So everyone knows the new Nike NFL jerseys are buck ten, right? It's not. I'm buying a new new one because I just got a new credit card today. I got to hit a cash bonus, so I'm going to probably buy a jersey, whatever. <laughs> um, but I was able to save money on a Carson Wentz jersey that I bought wore three times, and they disgraced the franchise in the entire city of Philadelphia. It's been sitting in my office down here, tucked away behind my bookshelf over here. I got a DM from one of my friends who bought this, who bought one of their little nameplates for A.J. Brown. Mine is on the way. I'm going to have an A.J. Brown jersey for the season. That I paid a total of $23 for. I paid $78 for the Wentz jersey because it was on sale. It was like a one-day flash sale from uh, Fanatics. So in total, I still spent less than a full-price jersey for an A.J. Brown jersey, who will probably be in Philadelphia next four or five years. I will take that any day of the week. So shout out to Twill Works. Y'all doing God's work by uh, keeping Fanatics and that stupid jersey insurance policy out of business. By the way, (laughs) the dumbest thing ever. I'm sorry. Three months? That's not enough time. I literally bought the Wentz jersey in October. I tried to redeem it. I missed the deadline by three days. Because he got dealt in February. Like, the trades don't even start till after the season. So if you buy a one preseason, it doesn't matter. It only really solves against midseason trades. So Fanatics is the worst. Shot Dick Sporting Goods for keeping up the fight. Hmm. And, uh, you know, just uh, Fanatics sucks. That's, that's I guess, that's the moral of the story. <laughs> they have I'm a sure. monopoly over everything. You know what? I'm sure there's a lot of Colts fans too that'll say the same thing about Carson Wentz. They'll be redeeming themselves a Matt Ryan nameplate coming up as well too to replace that as well too. There so, you go. Listen, you also, hey DJ, I'll give you the link, bro. <laughs> you know what? I don't have a Carson Wentz jersey, but I'll oh, keep that smarter in mind. than I was. <laughs> Not by much, but that will do for us today. Thank you all so much for joining us. Thank you once again, Jared from the Corner Booth. Go check them out on all their social medias. Appreciate y'all tuning in with us. We'll see you guys again next week. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner.